globe is absolute bollocks. And you're just a stupid fucking bunch of knobs. The globe is absolute bollocks. And you're just a stupid fucking bunch of knobs. The globe is absolute bollocks. And you're just a stupid fucking bunch of knobs. The globe is absolute bollocks. And you're just a stupid fucking bunch of knobs. flat, okay? Okay, I'm a flat earther. What's up, heathens? How y'all doing? Y'all ready for a flat earth debate? Uh, tonight we have uh, uh, Dr. Bob, who's going to be moderating a debate between uh, Constable Ca Conspicuous. Conspicuous. Sorry. Conspicuous. Oh, I, know, I know you have Sorry. issues with the names. <laughs> I do. I suck is this at names. Also and Professor Gaines, by any chance? Yes. Is that also Professor Gaines, by any chance? Yes. Constable Conspicuous is Professor Gaines. Okay, cool. Gotcha. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Today I learned. Uh, of course, I'm I'm uh, co-hosting with uh, Fight the Flat Earth here. How are you doing tonight, hey. Fight the Flat Earth? Well, I am not Kyle Curtis. That's that's certainly. Um, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a busy week here with the kids off for Easter holidays. Uh, so I'm looking forward to a double header of debates. Obviously, first we've got Constable Compics. Cons Constable Conspicuous against Flat Earth Jesus, and then you've got me and Teen Skeptic taking on Nathan Thompson and JM Truth, who thinks that mass and weight are the same thing. Oh, I cannot wait for Nathan Thompson. Last week, he didn't even know how to calculate gravity on a globe model, so I am just, <laughs> I'm excited to see where he goes this week. Well, I'm excited for this one because I know for a fact Constable Conspicuous has been itching to get on to have some words with Flat Earth Jesus. All right. Well, I know tonight we've got more of a moderated debate. Um, Dr. Bob, do you want to take us through the debate's uh, uh, structure? Okay, gentlemen. Welcome to Friday Night Fights. I'm uh, Bob the Science Guy, and I'll be your moderator this evening. Now, I don't have to take sides either way. I'm not going to interrupt you unless we need to kind of just refocus on track. I'm not going to interrupt you. I ask, though, that when I speak, everybody stops speaking and listens to what I have to say. Each side will have 10 minutes to present their own arguments. 
And then once each argument is done, they will have 10 minutes to do a rebuttal. We'll be keeping time. And we flipped a coin prior to the uh, debate tonight. Constable won and elected to receive. So Flat Earth Jesus, you have your 10 minutes to present your case. Good luck to both of you. All right, should we just get the timer started? I think um, everyone knows who Flat Earth Jesus is by this point. So should we just get the 10 minutes on and uh, Flat Earth Jesus present your best evidence for the Flat Earth? Okay, well, I have a slideshow to present, but um, I was going to start with an introduction. So as you say, most people know who I am. Um, I don't really have to introduce myself, hopefully. Um, if you want to know more about me, I do have my channel, which is Flat Earth Aussie Jesus now. It was originally under my real name, Ross Thatcher, which I'm not afraid to let everybody know about. Um, I've written an introduction, so I'm just going to read that first. That will take me just under five minutes, and hopefully... Um, I'll get a chance to have my presentation perhaps after that show because that will take roughly uh, about 13, 14 minutes if that's possible. Um, so I'll just go ahead with my introduction anyway and we'll see how far we get with my presentation. So for a start, you don't look at the lights in the ceiling to determine the shape of the floor. That's about as sensible as looking at the billiard balls to determine the shape of the table. The three greatest proofs are the absolute lack of any detectable motion, the fact that water always seeks and finds its level and conforms to the shape of its container, and the pressurised atmosphere quite simply cannot be contained by vacuum. All the crazy impossible speeds attributed to the globe model are in fact real. Let's examine these ridiculous rates of motion attributed to the heliocentric space rock model. First of all, it is assumed that with a 25,000 mile circumference, the ball must be spinning at 1,040 miles per hour in order for the sun to appear overhead at 12 p.m. each day. In order to go around the sun 93 million miles away once per year, it goes about 1.6 million miles per day at a rate of some 66,600 miles per hour. And even more, they assert that the sun itself is moving through the galaxy at over half a million miles an hour, 514,000 miles per hour, to be precise. So now we have a major problem. The moon goes around 2,080 miles per hour, backwards no less, as it free falls around us, sometimes ahead of our orbital motion, sometimes behind. Yet it is said that magical gravity keeps it in orbit by attraction of mass, but what is repelling it as we're moving towards it? Further, what accelerative forces are applied that keep it catching back up from behind that keeps up with the incredible speeds of the sun? Anybody who can think logically must see the contradictions and impossibilities that alone totally debunk the spinning space rock model. Next, we consider that water always seeks and finds its level. Some will argue that flat and level are not synonymous, but then they'll use some poor examples such as a shelf that is not level, but it is still flat. However, the sensible person understands that you use a water or spirit level in order to correct that minor mistake of poor building standards. The only time we see water curving is in tiny droplets where surface tension causes it to form into dewdrops or similar. When they gather together, they pool and spread out, flow until contained and conform to the shape of the container. With the known dimensions of our Earth being 71% water, that makes it extraordinarily flat in most places, which in order to complete the circle, continents must be literally making a cube ridiculous in the extreme. Obviously, the land masses are all those places which are demonstrably and measurably that which are above sea level. A gas bottle is a good example of a pressurised container. When half empty, you can hear and feel the liquid sloshing out of it. When the valve is released, the contents immediately begin to equalise with the lesser pressure outside the bottle. No liquid ever escapes, yet as gas is released, the liquid level goes down. Therefore, we can conclude that gas, when compressed sufficiently, becomes a liquid. So, on Earth, 
We can also deduce that water is just pressurised air under sufficient pressure that it constantly cycles between water and gas, but with enough air pressure to contain a constant amount of liquid water. If the environment contained by nothing but a vacuum, the gas would take the path of least resistance to equalise with the surroundings and instantly dissipate into the vacuum or void of space. Following that, the water would likewise simply evaporate as the liquid in the gas bottle did upon releasing the gas. Therefore, we can safely conclude that Earth is not at all what the heliocentrists insist it is. It is the least scientific conclusion one could possibly ever reach, with just the least amount of critical thought on just a few basic facts of physics. All other things can exp be explained also by understanding we live on a stationary planar realm at the bottom of the known universe, where everything finds its place according to the observable laws of density and buoyancy, where everything is seen within the range determined by viewing height following obvious laws of perspective, where everything converges to the centre point created by the eye level. To believe you live on a spinning space rock hurtling through space is just sheer insanity. Once you go flat, you never go back. And to finish with a quote I found on Facebook just a few days ago, a closed-minded person only believes in their own interpretation on life. A very open-minded person will take on board everyone's theory on life and dismiss none, therefore having a much greater chance of possessing real truth. So that's the introduction that I've written. Um, I did have a slide show presentation. That's obviously going to take more than my allotted amount of time. Um, I don't know if... Um, well, if you just want to go and do as much as you can, finish off any that you missed in the back and forth. Okay. Um, so I'm just opening up my file for the slideshow. It doesn't want to open. Hmm. Having computer issues here. Could you stop the timer a sec, please, uh, Dave? No, we just stop the timer while we get your, your presentation sorted. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Sorry, I've got the my little rant for the slideshow started. So maybe we could just start with some of the the um, original slides I've got to go. Um, Okay, just tell Dave what you need, uh, what you want to put up, and he'll put it up on the screen for you. Okay, well, if we start with slide A, um, what I wanted to do is just show a few artists' impressions, just to try and help um, people undo the brainwashing that makes them think we live on a spinning ball. So you sort of need to grasp the concepts of various ideas of what flat Earth, flat Earth might actually be, which these are obviously not the real um, impression that we believe in, but they certainly help to to deprogram your mind to start to think what is might be possible. Um, I've started here with the first one saying a few artist impressions of potential flat earth possibilities just to help deprogram from the spinning space ball or space concept, which is totally false. Image A shows one Photoshop artist depicts as it could possibly exist. If we go to image B, it shows an ancient map which was published in the Hawaiian Gazette in 1907, thought to be over a thousand years old, preserved in a copper cylinder in a Japanese Buddhist temple. It shows over 30 continents outside of what appears to be a circle containing our known part of the plane. Image C shows an artist's impression of this map. Um, then we go to image D, we see a more elaborate painting of a similar type of world. You know, some, someone took some artistic license to show what it could look like. 
Um, in Image E, we, we say, say an alternate point of view, not necessarily one which I subscribe to, as with all these images, I merely present them as possibilities which open the mind to a broader awareness of things as yet unknown. I'm not sure who is responsible for this or images, but this one has been going around for some years as someone's interpretation of their branch of research and may be totally incorrect, partially incorrect, or possibly even mostly correct. At this stage, it's unknown. But as I say, to dismiss any concept without investigation is the absolute height of ignorance. We go to image F, shows yet another example of a model with a nearby local sun, which I'll get into greater detail later if I get the opportunity. Image G shows another artistic concept, suggesting that perhaps all the various known worlds which we once took to be other planets where aliens might originate from, could simply be other domes with other worlds instead. It's an interesting concept, but my personal take on the so-called dome is that it is as described by the Bible as Raquia, R-A-Q-U-I-A, which translates as a tarpaulin. Just as frozen water will float beneath the surface of liquid water, it is my hypothesis that frozen helium would float above the sky below the surface of the ocean of helium and hydrogen gases high above us. This would form a solid barrier, which we failed to break through which, with high megaton nuclear weapons during Operation Fishbowl back in the 1950s. Along with that, we also failed to find whatever we were looking for during operations high jump and deep freeze, which suggests the very real possibility that there is indeed a wall surrounding us, potentially made of the same frozen gases, which can only exist in the extreme freezing cold beyond the reach of the sun in the far southern reaches known as Antarctica, which, for those who still don't get it, north is the centre and every direction away from that is south, like spokes on a wagon wheel, and Antarctica would be like the rim. East and west are simply circles that bring you back to the starting point. So long as you keep adjusting to follow the magnetic compass to keep north either to your left or right, depending which way you're going. Have I got much time left? Okay, so the next image starts with the edge. Um, now we have a few images of the edge. I don't want to spend too long on this topic. It's clear that it exists, that it's real, that it's very inhospitable. And I ask that we skim through images H through to L as I speak with no more than four or five seconds on each of them. People can watch the show again after if they wish to pause the images for greater scrutiny. The, there, um, was the there was actually only eight, eight slides in your presentation. That's all I got was A, B, C, D, E, oh, F, I sent H. two more. I sent oh. two more emails. Okay. okay, well, let's pause this. It had to come in yeah, three stages. Okay, I didn't catch that bit. Second lot. And the third lot. Oh my goodness, the dog is barking. I can hear that. We'll pause this for a second. Um, just yeah, to so get, was... these, get these un, undone and put into the presentation. Uh, okay. I can keep talking if you like, because um, yeah. they don't really need to see the images. Um, I was just going to say the point of Antarctic expeditions for all intents and purposes is futile, even if you were able to get permission to explore it. Even if you did manage to get to the other side, then what? build a boat from your tent and try to cross dangerous icy waters and hope for the best to find more land? No, I suggest that if anyone was serious about attempting to cross Antarctica and assuming there was no frozen solid ice wall to stop you, you'd need a helium blimp such as I've proposed in my video on my channel which has Helios in the tank. 
where I designed a free energy flying machine, which I have no time to enter into right now. You might also want to check out my video with the word aerosol in the title, where I introduce a free energy device that every home should have, which also provides free air conditioning and refrigeration, plus pure water taken directly from the air. So I'm not just a flat earther, I do have many other things that I've taken into consideration for my situation in life and how I want to help humanity, not just to reach the truth about flat earth. Okay, the slides um, are now ready. Okay, so yeah, you might just want to quickly show them. And as I say, if people want to do, just skim through them in watching it afterwards, they can pause them and read them if they wish. But um, if you just maybe show them a few seconds at a time. Um, Oh, that's up to the time zones one. Yeah, that's that's further ahead. Right. Well, should we let Prof Game, um, Constable Conspicuous, present his ten minute start, and then you can go to rebuttals after that? Yeah, I was going to start on time zones next. That's what that picture was for. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Sounds like it's been about the 10 minutes, so let's go ahead and bring it on over to Constable. I've taken some notes on your uh, presentation, Flat Earth Jesus, and uh, we may come back to those a little bit later. Constable, you got your 10 minutes, my friend. Uh, you've got no audio, Constable. We can't hear you, dude. I had myself muted for the for the entire introduction. My bad. That's right. On you go, bud. All right. Um, Ten minutes. All right, uh, Doctor Bob, count me down, please. Three, two, uh, one. Hit it. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Thomas E. Mack, aka Professor Games, but now Constable Conspicuous. I run the channel of the same name. The channel that sees stupidity as nothing more but a crime against humanity and plans to lock it up and throw away the key. The purpose of today's debate is not so much to change the mind of, of a flat earth Aussie Jesus, but to rather just test myself with the knowledge I've gained from seeing both sides of the argument. I find that I have not only uh, managed to see that the earth is indeed a globe, but I have been able to perform uh, admirably in creating a presentation that does a good job of providing the collective evidence for the globular model. There is no smoking gu gun to uh, disprove the globe, but in fact, you need to disprove the entire collective. And I have a presentation to, to show you. Um, Dave, if we could get onto the uh, first slide with my point. All right, this is flat. Uh, this is um, Globe Earth Evidence and Proof by Constable Conspicuous. Uh, proof number, uh, evidence number one, the atmosphere. The Flat Earth Movement has recently made the claim that there can be no air pressure without a container. However, this would mean that the, uh, that the air pressure would be a, a constant average of 14.1 pounds per square inch throughout the entire planet, no matter how high up you are in altitude. To the Flat Earthers, I have this question. Why is it that um <clears throat> why is it that there is this area in mount everest known as the death zone where the air is so thin that your skin will be unable to heal any form of wounds due to the lack of oxygen even simpler still why is it the further up you go in altitude the harder it is for somebody to breathe if they live in a lower altitude you don't have to go to mount everest um there are plenty of high altitude areas above sea level that can prove this point uh slide number two uh next slide 
Next slide would be the stars. If the Earth were not a globe, but indeed a flat disk, i.e. the azimuthal equidistant projection, then we would not see the opposite rotation of the star trails in the, he in the separate hemispheres. Two celestial star poles, Polaris and Sigma Octanus, different constellations in the in the northern and southern hemispheres and changing uh, constellations at the equator throughout the year. Next slide. Moon phases. There are many different explanations for the moon by the flat earth movement. One of them being that it's just a light source. If this is the case, then why is it that the, um, why the moon can still have phases? The way that is, that is uh, explained on the globular heliocentric model is, is um, sunlight hitting the moon and being deflected, considering you can only light up 50% of a, of a ball's surface. This should not happen if the uh, moon is indeed a light source. Next slide. Hurricanes. These massive storm cyclones are quite infamous to many and are the prime examples of the Cor Coriolis effect. The reason the hurricanes in opposite hemispheres spin in opposite directions, as well as the reason they cannot in any ways cross the equator if a storm starts in the northern hemisphere, it cannot cross into the southern hemisphere and vice versa. Next slide. Now, as many of you might know, uh, the Flat Earth Movement has an issue with snipers taking, uh, um, factoring in the Coriolis effect. But in fact, if you read the Army Marine Corps Artillery Manual FM6-40 Chapter 7, it does indeed account for the Coriolis force. And just for even more evidence, the sniper manual uh, manual ends at one, uh, one kilometer, it begins at one kilometer. Next slide. Solar angular size. I don't think I need to harp too long on this. It, to anyone who has tracked the, uh, the sun with a solar filter, such as Red's rhetoric has done, you will notice that not only has the uh, sun never changed in angular size, by measuring it with the proper law of angular perspective, that being alpha equals two arctan times times the square times uh, the square root of g over two r, where alpha is the angular size of the object, g is the actual size of the object, and r is the distance to the object. You not only change it, see a change in angular size, but it at no point begins to make any forms of um, outer curve to follow it. The um, a uh, straight east to west motion on the earth to keep in line with how the lines of longitude work. I'll explain that in a little bit better detail when I can. Next slide. The Lake Pontchartrain Causeway. The Lake Pontchartrain Causeway is a 26 mile long bridge that actually shows the curve of the earth despite being level with the water. The same water that finds its level as many flat earthers have claimed and I have a link Next slide. Now this is the absolute perfect um, way to show the um, Earth from space in a way that I don't think any flat Earth movement proponent can complain about. On October 24, 1946, at the end of World War II, American soldiers and scientists used a captured German V-2 rocket to take this first image of Earth from space using 35 millimeter film from 65 miles above the Earth. I'm going to say that again in, in case anyone tuned out. 35 millimeter film, far before any form of digital 
picture alterations and a decade before the founding of the National Aero Aeronautics and Space Association. Next slide. The Earth's rotation, we've heard many, many complaints about this whole thousand mile per hour uh, rotation of the Earth, but here's one thing that flat earthers do not always take into account. With a, with a globe with the diameter of 7,917.5 miles and, and the, the rotation of a thousand miles per hour, I shouldn't have said relativistically there, my bad. Um, it only measures to about 15 degrees per hour, one rotation per 24 hours. That is actually a pretty snail's pace. I would like to see a flat earther ride a mirror go around going 15 degrees an hour. A person does not, and also a person does not feel constant speed. They feel an acceleration, a change of speed. And as you can see from the little tip there, a fiber optic gyroscope is a very to measure this rotation. And my final slide is gravity. And this is just basically boiling down to that the Newtonian law of gravity and the acceleration at 9.8 meters per second squared has as yet to be replaced as a scientific law or proven wrong. The flat earth replacement of buoyancy even accounts for gravity in its equations, which you can see down there, FB equals PGV, where FB is the buoyant force, P is the density of the fluid, G is the gravitational acceleration, and B is the volume of the fluid displaced. I'm gonna repeat the G, it's gravitational acceleration. That's the end of my presentation. How am I doing on time? Because I have a few more things to say. Oh good, I have some time. Now, at the end of this, there is just one thing that you have to understand. There is no smoking gun to this whole debate. You need to, to disprove the entire collective of evidence of the glo globular model by providing positive evidence for a flat earth model that works the way the globe does, but does it better, much better in fact. And so far from my research, I have seen insufficient amount of work from the such uh, large names in it, such as Jaronism, to provide even positive evidence for the model or downright say they do not have a model. That is not how you win this form of debate. You need positive evidence for your model, not negative evidence against my model. Disproving one does not automatically prove the other. And with that, I relinquish the rest of my time to the moderator.